Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. All right, The Good Shepherd is the name of our series, and today is part two. We've been taking a journey on the psalm that we've been reciting every Sunday, Psalm 23. I shared with you last week that it's my favorite psalm of all time. I grew up reciting it. It was the first psalm that my dad taught us as kids. And so uh, we're going to just look at one verse a week. There are six verses in this psalm, so it's a six-week series. And today, the title of my message, if you're taking notes is satisfaction. How do you define satisfaction? We all have different motivations that drive us. We all have different uh, sources of, of, of our drive. Some of us end up constantly running, nonstop. We keep going. And uh, if we consider why, the answer fits in the proverbial to get there, right? To get there. We're working hard to get there. And But some of us, we, we've lost our drive. We've stopped pursuing, uh, perhaps because of many disappointments we've had, perhaps because we've lost hope, or maybe life started really tough, and you've, you've fought against what's come up against you so many times that you feel that like the disadvantage, uh, there's no point in keep trying because the disadvantage is too great. And, but, but still, there is a need. Still, there is a drive in you to keep pushing you you want to rise because we all want to be satisfied and the more we think about it the less satisfied we are and so we're going to take this six six weeks like i said to talk about psalm 23 and today we're going to focus on that second verse i think we make satisfaction too simple of a thing and here's what i mean by it Right now, you have a picture in your mind of what would make you satisfied for you, of what, what it means to be satisfied. And, and if, if you're a teenager uh, in middle school or in high school, you have a picture. If, if you're a young professional right now, building your career from the early days, or maybe you're in the early years of your marriage, you have a picture. If you're a little bit more seasoned, you have a picture of what it would take for you to be satisfied. And the picture, I've talked to enough people uh, that I, I can tell that the picture is, is just a little bit more than what you have now. It's just a little more. Most of us, we don't want much more than what we have right now. Just, just a little more. That's, that's what we think. See, I've talked to a lot of people and, and young people in, in, in my days in youth ministry. I've never heard a teenager say, I can't wait to get my private jet. <laughs> Teenagers want a little bit more, like a phone. Or, or a car, maybe, right, if they're in that age. Or a driver's license, just a little bit more. Then they'll be satisfied. And the same is true for all of us in every season of life. There's just a little bit more that we're reaching out for. Now, is that a bad thing? Is that wrong? To want to progress? To want to move forward? To want to take steps toward growth? No, I don't think it's wrong. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I believe in increase. I believe in in taking the next step. My life has been marked by it. I work, I plan, we work and plan, my wife and I, and we aim for our lives to go further than our parents' lives. 
And it's not because we're in competition with them. It's because it's a way of honoring their legacy. For me, if, if I've been given so much from my parents that if I do nothing with it, it's a form of dishonor. And so in my life, that's, that's what drives me. I want to see our lives bring good fruit. And I think that that's all of us, right? We all have a little part of us that's, that wants to say one day, Ma, I made it. I got there. But how many times have you thought, when I get there, whatever there is, then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll find that satisfaction for my, for my soul. When I graduate high school, then I'll be satisfied. When I get to the, my preferred college, then I'll be satisfied. When I get that degree, then I'll be satisfied. When, when I make the team and I win the championship, then I'll be satisfied. When I get the job, then I'll be satisfied. When I get the girl or the guy, when he proposes, when she says, I do, then I'll be satisfied. When I start a family, there are all these steps along the way that we think if we get there, that is going to be it. But it's not that simple, is it? It's not that simple because it never stops. Satisfaction is not as simple as the next thing. Sometimes we think that that's what satisfaction is. It's just the next thing, but it's not. You see, I can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have all, I, I lack nothing. But the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, if I say it and I say that I lack nothing, I can still say it and not be satisfied. I can still say it and feel like there's something missing in my life. Because satisfaction is less about lack and more about want. It's about what we want. You see, I lack nothing means my needs are being met. But what about my wants? What about the thing that, that I desire? That's why you can have a great job and still not feel satisfied. You can have a great marriage and still in your soul not feel satisfied. You can have your trophies and your awards and your accolades and still not feel satisfied. And for many of us, especially the ones, those of us who are a little bit more driven, satisfaction is paradoxical. Because we want satisfaction, but it, when you get satisfaction, it means you're done, right? But you don't want to be done. You want to keep going. So a part of you like, never wants to be satisfied, but you want satisfaction. Because you know if you get satisfied, then that's when you quit, and you don't want to quit. You want to keep going. And so there's these two forces that fight against each other. And that's why I think the Rolling Stones were right. I can't get no satisfaction. But I try. I try. I try. I try. I can't get no. Dun, 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 dun. Such a great hook, isn't it? There's this incessant hunger in our hearts for satisfaction. To have enough. To experience enough. To love enough, to, to have enough fun, to have enough joy, to have enough money. 
to have enough friends, to have what we feel like it's enough laughter, enough peace, enough success. And when we have this incessant hunger, it takes the place, it takes us to a place that's not peaceful. It takes us to a, a place that adds to the stress. It adds to the pressure. It adds to the disconnect that we feel. You know that sense of inadequacy, that we're not quite there, that, that we, we lack belonging, that this existence, that we, we're not quite 100% fitting? And so it begs the question, what will satisfy us? When will I be satisfied? And we don't have a good answer for that as a society. We don't. To your parents and grandparents, their answer is visible. The answer was simple, more. You know what would satisfy you? More. And we worked for that. I mean, our, our cars got bigger. Our highways got bigger. Our houses got bigger. Our lawns got bigger. Our, 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 our targets got bigger. Our, our Walmarts got bigger. Uh, and if I may say so, we got bigger. Everything got bigger and still not satisfied. So there's a counter movement now because that hasn't given us the answer. There's a counter movement that, that says no to more because more is selfish. More is wasteful. So we have a new answer. And can you guess what it is? Less. That's the answer. Yes. The, the, the counter answer that we can come up with is less. Have less. Use less. And Part of it is good. It's, it's, we kind of need to take a break on our consumerism because that's our alternative to the life of God in, in us. We just consume everything. But less, I mean, we came from less. That's why everybody wants more. Society, that's all we had, less. So what's the answer? Like I said, today we're learning from the second verse in Psalm 23, so let's read it together. It's a short verse, but powerful. He says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This is a picture of rest. This is a picture of peace. See, green pastures and still waters are a picture of comfort. Not, not, not luxurious comfort. Comfort as in, I'm okay. Comfort as in, it's all right. And it's a picture of peace. Of being okay, of being at peace. It, it's when your soul settles. And that's what the shepherd does. He takes you to a place where your soul can settle. Where there is quiet and there is comfort. In other words, he takes you to a place where your soul is satisfied. There is satisfaction in his presence. And I love that the psalmist says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Have you ever had God, the good shepherd, make you lie down? I've experienced that back in 2009. For those of you who are still counting, uh, 2019, sorry. For those of you who are still counting, 2019 was four years ago. Four. 
Feels like last year, right? I was running the church and, and I was doing most of the work back then. I was doing the graphics and the videos and helping with the videos and teaching our next step class and preaching every Sunday and writing connect group discussions and leading a men's group and leading another connect group and taking classes and running meetings and doing accounting, fundraising with our ministry partners and meeting people as much as I could on one-on-one and, and then spending time with my daughters and doing a, a school pickup because the twins were little and they didn't go to school yet and spending the rest of the time thinking and planning on how to see this church grow so that we can have a great impact in Connecticut and I was over caffeinated and drinking five cups of coffee a day at least and uh, and I didn't have time to work out as much and I was sleeping poorly and I was unsatisfied with every aspect of my life except my family and my wife I was happy with them and I don't know if they were happy with me because I was all over the place but life was good in that part that there was a solid part and foundation but everything else it was not enough I wasn't in the green pastures and the still waters in that year. I was white water rafting <laughs> in this church planting life. And then vertigo. My world literally started spinning. I don't know if you've ever had vertigo, but if you have, I feel for you. It is one of the worst things you can experience. And so I had vertigo on a Tuesday night, and it was terrible, my first time. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Everything is spinning. It's not like you're dizzy. It's worse. Like everything is spinning, and immediately nausea kicks in. And so I try to close my eyes, but still the world's spinning, even when your eyes are closed. And so I don't know what's causing it. I'm freaking out. I'm like, all right, maybe I just need to rest. I don't know what's happening. And then Wednesday, a little bit better, still lightheaded. My ear is ringing super loud with this all day. And then Friday comes along. And Saturday morning, everything starts spinning. Now, it's not one of those vertical moments where it goes away in 30 minutes. It kept going and going and going. And then I sleep at night sitting down in my living room because I figured when I sit up, it gets better. And Sunday morning, I wake up. I have to preach that Sunday. Alini had a, she saw my situation, and she had like a, a message on her back pocket just in case. And I couldn't come to church. And I was like, oh, no, no, what's the point? You know, if, if I can't be there to, uh, this, this is, I mean, this is serious. So I went to four doctors that Monday. I just got all the appointments that I could. I went to a jaw doctor, a teeth doc, a dentist. I went to an ENT doctor for the year and a general practitioner. And uh, the diagnosis, nothing was conclusive. I was still a little lightheaded on Monday. They didn't know, but what my ENT doctor said that I had a degenerative uh, hearing loss disease, that I was going to go deaf. And it was really scary, and he said that it was... I mean, if it was what he said, he wasn't sure. But if it was what he said, it was, there was nothing to be done. And the recommendation was this. You need to sleep at least eight hours a night. You need sleep. And you need min to minimize stress. And you need to drop your sodium intake. No more caffeine. And you need to exercise regularly. I figured, you know, even if I wasn't sick, those are pretty good things that I need to do anyways. So I got into a program. I, you know, stopped 
going crazy. And I figured there are certain, thing, there are certain things in my life that I have to stop doing. It's, o- it's okay if I'm juggling 20 things, I'm going to drop about five of those that are less important. And I'm going to let them go. And so that was the moment where I, I think I believe God was saying, hey, J.D., I'm going to make you lie down. Because this is what happens. Sometimes you get into patterns and rhythms that are not healthy. They seem okay in the moment because you're driven and you want to get things done. And you, you want to you know, show up. You got to show up. And so in the moment, they seem okay. But if we keep at it, it is not going to add to your peace and rest or satisfaction. It's not leading you to satisfaction, even though you think it is. It's basically our version of saying, God, I got this. It's green pastures what I need. I'm going to build my own green pastures. I got, I'm going to go buy turf right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it myself. I'm going to build my own green pastures. I don't, I don't need to do that. But the problem is that when we build our own synthetic version of green pastures, they can't satisfy us. See, the principal thing is not the green pastures. We love the picture of the, uh, the lush green pastures and the still waters. The point is not the still waters. That's the result. That's the effect of the good shepherd in your life. The point is that the shepherd will lead us. And so the satisfaction found in God's green pastures only comes when we fully surrender to be led by him. Because he has green pastures. For us, And he's the one who makes us rest and lie down. And because he makes us lie down, we can enjoy the green pastures. Because he leads us beside still waters, we can be at peace and we can rest. See, many of us, like I said, we think that the point is the green pastures. But the problem is, if we try to figure out in our own way to find green pastures... We, the, the problem is that a lot of these green pastures that we think are good, there are snakes lurking in the grass. And a lot of the still waters, there are some crocodiles in there. Am I taking the metaphor too far? No, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you know. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You thought that your green pasture was time alone with somebody you love and you try to build that, but it wasn't the, lead, the shepherd leading you, so it wasn't peaceful. You thought that your green pasture was a big job with the corner office, so you gave your best to get there. But the, it turns out that the financial benefit does not outweigh the, the, the stress and the worry and what that brings and what you've become is just a pile of nerves you thought that the still waters was that nice vacation and you went out and everything went wrong you see satisfaction we put in our law or in our minds that satisfaction is a destination satisfaction is not a destination satisfaction is a relationship it's a relationship with the shepherd It's not about stuff. It's not about status. It's not about accomplishments. It's about our soul finding its rest and its purpose with our maker. And so when the good shepherd leads, this is what I know, there will be no snakes in that garden. When the good shepherd leads, there will be no crocs in those waters. 
The only Crocs you'll have are the ones you'll be wearing <laughs> on your feet. <laughs> See, this passage is about you being in the middle of a trial and still in your soul lying down in green pastures because you're in a relationship with the Good Shepherd. See, this is not a wake-up call to have a balanced life. Maybe you need that. This is not God telling you you should worry less. Maybe you need that. This is not a guide to practice weekly rest. We all need that. This is about trusting that the Good Shepherd has your life in His hands. It's trusting the Good Shepherd at all times. See, all those things are great. You need a balanced life. You need to worry less. You need rest. But this passage is, is about your life being the hands of the good, 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 good Shepherd. You see, green pastures doesn't mean a short break from the turmoil and the worry and the pressure and the suffering so that you can be there for half an hour and then go right back into, you know, that place where your soul is un it's not finding rest. Green pastures means you face challenges and you face situations that are supposed to take you over the edge. They're supposed to bring anxiety and stress in your heart, but they don't. Because they don't define you. You are at peace. Because you know that the good shepherd is leading you. That's not your end. See, it's not this untethered, everything is going to be all right. It's the, the knowing, the full trust that you have in God. Knowing that your life is in his hands. Now, you can be facing tough challenges. But your soul is lying down in green pastures. And you can be even unemployed looking for a job. But your soul is beside still waters. You're at peace. You can be in the middle of a battle. But your heart, your spirit, they're in the calm of God's presence. Let me tell you what happened to me in 2019. I realized I was beginning to put the pressure uh, of, of status and identity on my accomplishments and my work. See, I was 37 years old, leading a young family, leading a young church, edging into 40. Life has to count. And I, there was so much that I wanted to do before ch the, our church turned five that, that life needed to count. I needed, and, and in that moment, I needed the peace of God that I was preaching about. Because I was slowly drifting, slowly moving toward that place where my worth, my identity, my value was coming from the fruit of my labor. And listen, we all want to be proud of our work. We should be proud of our work. We all want to accomplish things. We were designed to do that. We were designed to produce. But if you make that the source of your satisfaction, you'll be giving an importance to it that it's not supposed to have. It's too much. And you start to, 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 to realize that none of that can bring you the satisfaction that you need. And so you begin to devalue it. You need, we need to understand today. Do you understand that? That you will only find satisfaction and you only find green pastures when the good shepherd is leading you. When he is guiding you. 
You can try to look for peace at work. You can try to look for peace in relationships. You can try to look for peace in your degree, in your status, in your career. But we already know those things don't bring that. And younger generations have figured it out. And they have moved on. They moved, they've moved on from all those things. Our younger generations now, they don't, they, don't seek, uh, 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 they don't seek satisfaction in those things. You know why they seek satisfaction? Identity. They seek satisfaction in, in their sexual identity, gender identity, race, political affiliations, a cause. Still, those things cannot bring satisfaction. It's all a futile exercise and missing the point. None of those things are meant to be as important as we're making them these days. And when a society stops believing God, it doesn't stop believing. It just stops believing God. As G.K. Chesterton wrote about 100 years ago, he wrote, when people choose not to believe in God, they do not thereafter believe in nothing. They then become capable of believing in anything. And that's what we have now. We have a world that believes in anything but God. We'll be guided by anything but God. We'll give our hearts to anything but God. Let me encourage you today. Let that not be you. Let that not be you. Allow the good shepherd to guide you. Put your faith in him, your faith in him, and that will release you to value all these other things appropriately. Yes, have a cause. Yes, work hard. Yes, build your career. But those things, they don't make you. They are God's purpose for your life. See, last week we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd. And the good shepherd has an invitation for us. Listen to this passage, the words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the yoke of satisfaction is heavy. We can't find satisfaction apart from the Good Shepherd. Let me encourage you today to take this step that Christ is inviting us to take. And, and let's go to Him. Let's go to Him first. Let's go to Him now. And let's, for, let's, and let's forget the kind of satisfaction that this world tries to offer. And allow our innermost hunger for God, our innermost thirst for God, to be satisfied in Him. And if you do that, just watch. Watch how your soul will find rest. How your soul will find peace. And you may say, but JD, does, does, does that going to affect my drive? If, if I find satisfaction in God, am I, am I going to lose my edge? It's kind of like what builds my edge. No, it's like an engine that, that, that it's working on a, the wrong kind of fuel. Right? You're overworking and you're not quite getting the best of it. But when, when you have a, the good fuel in the engine, this is what you're doing. You're just switching. Have you ever, does anybody here drive a, a stick shift, a manual? All right. You, 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 every time you ask that question, the people who drive manuals are so proud. <laughs> I do. I can do it. Yeah. 
Three pedals, no problem. I do it. I know all about the clutch. And the first, and then there's the second, third. You know what comes after third? Fourth. You got it. That's right. And then there's the fifth. And some cars have the sixth. Yeah. Super cool. Here's what happens when you, when you, you understand engine, uh, an engine when you, a little better when you, when you can drive a manual because uh, what you're doing is when you switch gears, you're making the car work the same amount, putting out the same amount of effort, this, uh, burning the same amount of gas, but you're going much faster. That's what switching gears does. And some of us, we're spinning our wheels. We need to switch gears. We need a new mode of living. And that doesn't mean that you're going to accomplish less. See, we have this fear that if I don't move at this pace, I'm not going to get as much done. When you switch gears, you can move at this pace and get just as much done. It doesn't mean that you're slowing down. It means that you're resting in the Lord, in your soul. Your soul is not going so fast. Your soul is resting in Him. And there's clarity for you to see. Here's what happens, you know. When you, when you gain clarity on what matters, you realize what God has made you for. And when you have that kind of clarity, your motivation becomes refreshed. See, some of us were motivated by the next thing. We think that that's going to bring satisfaction. When you find satisfaction in God, your motivation is not the next thing. Here's what it is. It's God's will. It's His purpose for your life. You replace the flesh-driven ambition with a divine purpose. And what drives you is to, be, is, to, is, to, is to fulfill God's will. God's will is what drives you. you, you you're connected to the good shepherd and you say, God, wh where do you want me to go? I'll go anywhere. Just where do you want me to go? And that begins, that opens up a whole new world. Because God has plans for you, Scripture says, that you have never thought about. Think, no, no, no eyes has seen, no ear has heard what He has planned for you. And, and the new that God wants to bring has to, has to take place of this, this thing that we, that we have driving us. It's not taking us anywhere. Let me tell you what happened in my life in, since 2019. Life got better, got better in every single aspect. We, all, we, walked them, uh, we welcomed a new baby last uh, July. Yeah, he's awesome, little Christopher. I'm closer and more, more present to my family. My marriage is stronger. Our finances are stronger. Our routine is stronger. Our church is stronger. I get to go to the gym four times a week now. It's awesome. Trying to golf more. And as a church, we're stronger too. Now more than ever, we, 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 we've been, we're better in every area. We still have a lot of work to do. There are things that we want to do. There, the vision is big. We want to launch new programs to see people uh, get mature in the Lord and, and grow in Christ. And we want to help the community more. And, but, but now we're, we're, we're expanding. God just is he's breathing His life. And I feel like, I feel like you sense that, right? There's, there's a good momentum in our church. There's joy in being here together. God is moving. And, and we were able to hire a part-time church administrator last year, which is great. Can't wait to get her to be full-time. And we have our family ministry director. I don't know if I've made an announcement here, but Catherine is working for the church right now as our family ministry director. Yes, it's great. And so there are many things that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to present to you guys in a couple weeks, in a few weeks, 
uh, what, what we're, we're building for our kids department. And as you saw today, we're sending missionaries on our first missions trip to uh, Guatemala. And we have another one coming down in the fall for Colombia. You happy about Colombia? It's pretty, pretty awesome, right? Here's my point. You will do more and accomplish more when you're lying in green pastures as the good shepherd causes your soul to rest. And let me encourage you to do that. As God has done for me, I know that he can do it for every single one of us. So the challenge is, will you allow the good shepherd to guide you today? Would you let go of some of the control and the fear and, and allow God to bring satisfaction to your soul? If you do that, you will experience the life that he has for you. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Yes, you can clap for that. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.